Welcome to Subject to Change. I'm Stephen Lentz, business coach and digital marketer. We interview other owners and entrepreneurs about their stories and businesses. Welcome back to Subject to Change. I'm Stephen Lentz, and today I'm talking with Jason Butler, speaker and consultant and owner of Village Mindset with 20 years of leadership in the nonprofit world. How are you doing, Jason? Hey, I'm great. How are you doing? I'm doing well, thank you. Uh, you know, I'm excited to talk with you about this because I feel like nonprofits, everyone kind of has a decent understanding of what it is as far as like a nonprofit ideology, but no one really has a whole lot of experience within the nonprofit world, right? Like I, I've given to charities and I've done the, the firefighter stair climb for Leukemia and Lymphoma Society, right? Like I have the slightest little bit of understanding that there's nonprofits that do good work, but as far as like what it really means to be in a nonprofit, I think that is something that I'm excited to kind of explore a little bit with you. Yeah, so. totally. Yeah, that's awesome. So have you always been in the nonprofit world then? Yeah, well, I've, I've been in the nonprofit and church world. So I was actually a pastor for a long time too, and kind of in the, in the nonprofit world. And to me, those, those things really kind of, you know, people have like a, you say church and you're like, and I get it totally. Um, but you know, the way that I really viewed that was the church is a nonprofit, um, in a lot of ways that has is designed to engage the community, to bring good to the community around a certain mission and a purpose. And, and the same, so I, I kind of like went in and out of nonprofit and church worlds and they mesh together for me. Interesting. So do you feel like, like I guess with nonprofits, nonprofits that you worked in, have they all been kind of through the church at some point or are they have, are they all completely individual and it's just kind of that framework of the reason why they exist? Yeah. Yeah. The, the framework. So the nonprofits I've worked in were faith-based, but mm -hmm. separate from the church, um, but kind of had church connections and community connections, which a lot of nonprofits um, find themselves kind of flowing out of some faith idea, community, uh, movement, and they establish a nonprofit around it. Interesting. And so within that nonprofit, then what has been your role generally within nonprofits? Yeah, the executive director, um, board chairs, raising lots of money, leading the organization. Um, I'm definitely a founder sort of personality. So I, I, I launched two of them. So in, in that, you're sort of like everything. Um, and as you build your team, you, then you become different things in different seasons. Interesting. So what does is, what is being on the board of a nonprofit look like? Sorry, what was that? I'm sorry. Oh, did, I, did I cut out there for a second? Uh, what does being on the board of a nonprofit look like? Oh, gosh. Well, <laughs> it can mean different things to different people. Sometimes people get on a board of a nonprofit and they're just um, like, oh, this is cool. I believe in this organization. But that's not really the sort of uh, board folks that you want on your nonprofit. You really want people that are workers. Um, like I was talking to somebody not too long ago and they're like, yeah, my board's more of an, um, an administrative board, uh, like a non-working board. And I'm like, there's no such thing as a non-working board for a nonprofit. Like your board members are your champions and your connections into the community. And so really a great, a great board is comprised of both folks who are deeply knowledgeable about whatever the, the, the issue is that you're addressing, but then also folks that are deeply connected in the community, business leaders, other faith leaders, like everybody brings to the, to the, to the board all of their collective networking potential 
for fund development, for resources. Like you run to all sorts of like licensing. So you need all of these network folks. And so your board is really your, your, your springboard, your trampoline into the community. Interesting. So is the village mindset itself a nonprofit or is it something, is it a business that works in conjunction with nonprofits? Yeah, it's, it's its own um, entity. And so I work some with nonprofits, but I, I work with businesses, just straight up corporations, um, either small businesses or larger businesses. So I work with all of that. I, I really, what I, what I, my unique thing is I've spent 20 years working with people in communities and leading people through really difficult social complex issues so in that i've got this massive amount of experience and to bring that into the business world like lots of times in the business world people are in the business world and they've been in the business world their whole lives right and they found themselves now they 20 years later they're the vp or the ceo and that's awesome and great but lots of times that's an insulated environment right like you're not engaging with people's emotions on a day-to-day basis and so what we're finding right now about work uh, employee engagement what we're finding about leadership is everything is changing like covid changed everything and it, and it's it's happening slowly but the great resignation is is like alarm bells to businesses and corporations like things got to change you're going to have to deal with people on a, on a level that you haven't dealt with before. I think a lot of companies are waking up and realizing like, well, we can't treat our employees like crap anymore. What do we do? Like, we don't even know how to do this. (laughs) How bad it was, you know? And so like for me working with individuals, donors, communities, I mean, thousands and thousands and thousands of people and being leader, a leader in that space. Now bringing that into the business world and being like, Okay, here's how people work and here's how you're going to have to engage people and here's how you lead people through hard situations. This is not just about profits. This is not about just profit margins. This is about how do we engage our employees? How do we get the most out of them and how do we give them the most in order to create like an empowering, mutually beneficial experience for both of us? Interesting. So kind of like a, an HR consultant almost. Yes. Yes. Very much like H- I work with a lot of HR departments. Um, so basically like HR and C-level suite folks. Interesting. And does that, I'm assuming it trickles down then from just how you change that culture, but do you also work with that lower management as well? Or is it strictly top tier and admin side? Yeah. It, the, you know, HR, it brings in managers lots of times. Um, mm-hmm. And so you know, what, what we really find is culture kind of moves in two ways. Like it, it comes from the top. That's how culture is set. And the, the, the leaders have to be on board if you're going to mm-hmm. change a culture. Um, and the people that the gatekeepers to the leaders are the HR department. So you kind of yes. get um, you kind of get working with both of them. And managers sometimes find the way into workshops and like get this information mm-hmm. when HR folks and the leader say you need this information. Interesting. So how did you get into this then? Have you always been passionate about treating people like people and you moved into that or has, has your journey evolved into what is now the village mindset? Where did you, where did you begin? Yeah. I mean, it's certainly been an evolution. Um, you know, that, that chart where you're like, get you that, that picture where life, you know, it's like what you think it is in a straight line and <laughs> what it really is. And it's like all over the, all over the place. <laughs> I mean, that's, that's like me, like everybody else. And, and, you know, I, I was in the, I was in kind of the, 
community focused role for a long time and then COVID came and I like, hey, you know, I want to do something else. I want to, I want to go on an adventure. Well, how can I help the world? And really, I've always been somebody who deeply wants to help other people and really wants to seek the common good. How, how do we create systems? How do we create scenarios that are win-wins, right? And, and sometimes in the business world, we just think about like, how, how do I win? How, do, how does my company win? Well, you know, win-wins are the best. And I, I can get to that later, why scientifically that, that is. But, you know, so thinking about like my new adventure, what do I want to do? Where do I want to go? You know, this just kept coming up. I kept hearing people talk about, you know, that the future of leadership is servant leadership and emotional intelligence. And I'm like, wow, this is the way I've been doing for 20 years. I've been leading in this space for a long time. <laughs> my bookshelves are lined with it. I have a doctorate from Duke in basically like organizational leadership. So, you know, he, this was just a thing that kind of happened and I started talking to people about it and people were interested and um, then uh, one thing led to another and, and here I am. So when you say you've been doing that for 20 years, have you, you've been consulting them for 20 years or what was that journey? No, just leading people. Um, I think I've been leading people for that long and then in thinking about my new direction and what do I want to do? You know, this, this just kind of happened because um, my leadership from one space is really transferable into the other space. And so I was like, you know, this, this is a real value for folks and um, I'll give it a try. And it's been going great. That's awesome. So is Village Mindset then kind of in its infancy as far as how long it's been around? Or is this been something you've been working on for a while? No, it's, you know, it's about a year old um, in, my, in my head is, is I think about belonging. I mean, this is what this is about. This is about belonging, organizational belonging. And when we talk about belonging, um, we have a hard time kind of structuralizing, right? Because mm-hmm. belonging is, is basically comes down to how do you feel? And it's so feelings based. Like, do you feel like you belong? Then sure. you belong. If you feel like you belong, then you do. If you don't feel like you belong, then you know what? It doesn't matter what I'm doing. I'm not doing it right. <laughs> so like it's on you, it's, it's about you. And so, but we have a hard time with that. If there's not some data, if there's not some tests, if there's not some calculation and like, well, how do, how do we talk about this? How do we do it? So what I did is I began to think, okay, if, if I'm going to put a structure around this, what is it going to look like? And I kept coming back to this idea of a village because in a village, we're all, we all belong. We're all seen, known and valued. And, and so Okay, like we all have this idea. We're nostalgic about the village. We've seen the PBS series, right? With the, you know, the village. And, and, and so like, how, how can we create this structure? And then just things started to fit. Like here are five principles that really govern and, and dictate um, village life. And these are exactly transferable over to the business world and business culture and the business community. So what I find is this kind of mindset, this framework helps helps frame it for folks. Like, oh, I can think like a village, right? That makes sense to me. And so um, in the work of belonging, I'm finding it, it really helps people take that next step into being able to put real tangible uh, practices in with their brain to create belonging. Interesting. So did you create a framework then for village mindset specifically, or is it kind of every time you go to a new business, it's a little you know, recreating the wheel essentially of like breaking them down and being like, okay, these are the things that you need here. Uh, yeah. I mean, everything is contextualized, right? Everything is like your business. I listen to folks. I, I hear what, what, what are you struggling with? What are your friction points? Um, what's going great for you right now? 
Um, and then, you know, a lot of times what I do is I take a, um, a belonging inventory. So I interview employees, I talk to employees about this because, um, you know, you talk to the CEO or the boss and they can be like, oh, things are great here. <laughs> you might talk to employees and they're like, oh, no, they're not. Um, so we take an inventory of folks kind of like, OK, here's the thing. And then we we overlay that onto the village mindset principles and like, OK, within each of these here, here's what we want to focus on within this organization. And so the village mindset principles are always the same when I go in. But like how we get there is it could be different. Sure. Makes total sense. Now, I know a lot of owners and CEOs and those type of people, they are very data driven. Do you have yeah. something that's like, you know, you can expect better retention rates at XYZ, like what are kind of your metrics that you use then to quantify the work that you do? Yeah, absolutely. Like um, there's a lot, a lot of studies coming out right now about the benefit of belonging. And so like so some, some of the things that we found, this is not my research, it's other research. Um, and they found that the 56% increase in job performance when people, employees feel like they belong. Um, a 50% decrease in turnover. So you're, you're having to spend 50% less of your time, energy, and resources on employee retention, rehiring people when they feel like they belong. You have the 75% decrease in sick days. So people are working more They want because they don't, they're, they're like, they're not stressed out. They're not, they want to be at work. And, um, and then there's this employee it, promoter score, which basically like what I recommend my employee, my employer to a friend. And, they see a 167% increase when employees feel like they belong. So like this is, this is, we're talking about billions and billions of dollars in ROI for belonging. Like you're, you're going to sure. spend like whatever you spend on a, on a consultant come in, like that's your ROI is going to be, this may be the best thing you've ever done in terms of ROI, because that's how important this is to folks. Like, you know, we talk about, I wrote this piece the other day on um, the great resignation mm-hmm. and um, like, why, why, why are we seeing this? And for me, it's, it's about, it, I, I think this is a, a deconstruction. This is a great deconstruction. We are coming out of COVID. We have been isolated. We've been traumatized and we are looking for safety and we're looking for wherever we can find it. And if we're, if we're not safe right now, then we're going to leave whatever that thing is. And so the way that our brains work is like we're looking for a community that makes us safe. And and like if a, if a job place is not making us safe, we are out right now. And and so this is so important. This is one of the I think one of the most important things a business can implement within their culture, within their framework is creating belonging. Yeah, I mean, I, I definitely you're onto something there. And I, you know, I'd take it one step further in that my own personal experience, I've worked a ton of jobs <laughs> more than I would ever want to admit. Um, but there was a, a hot minute in my life that I worked at Starbucks, which uh-huh. almost everyone, their brother has worked at Starbucks at one point in time in their life, I feel like. But I was there for about a year and a half. I don't like coffee. I can't wait, stand the way it smells. I don't, I don't even like going to the stores. But I needed a job in college and that's where I worked. And when I went in my interview, I told the manager, I was like, hey, you know, I'm, I'm here for a year and I'm out. Like mm-hmm. I'm here strictly for the money because you're hiring and I need some and I stayed a year and a half and I could have left earlier but I didn't because I knew I knew that my supervisors cared about me Mm -hmm. right even even more so than like belonging was that my managers cared yeah and yeah they went above and beyond making sure that I was always taken care of 
Yes. And I think yes. that is something that has been missing in a lot of the places that I've worked and a lot of stories that I hear when other people talk about is, you know, you're treated like a commodity. That's right. That's I worked right. in private ambulance and I was absolutely a commodity. Right? Like, yeah. And, and, and like your, your example is perfect. And what you're talking about is belonging. Like you, you felt cared for. You mm. felt like they care about you. And that's one of the key aspects of belonging that, that you're seen, that you're valued. And, and like what, what we're finding is, you know what, we just, we need to be like human to one another. Like we, we can't treat employees like the hired help, right? Like yeah. that, that's the way leaders kind of see us as the hired help. Like no more, like uh, the, the companies that are thriving and the, the CEOs that are, they're, they're going to be flourishing are the ones that look at their employees and, and realize like we're together for a season, right? The days of like you work at a company for the rest of your life, those are over, like those are gone. So like, how can we partner in this season where I can help you advance in your career and you can help this business advance in its mission and its profit-driven mission. And you know what, when it's time for you to go, we're gonna, we're gonna celebrate that. We're gonna celebrate your accomplishments and we're gonna try to help you propel you out the door, like wherever you are, like we're, you, you need to help find a new job. We will help it. If, if the, if, if you've reached the ceiling here, let's go into our network system and find you a better job because then like they become your biggest cheerleader out there. Like, and that, and you know what, that employee that you celebrated and you helped advance in their career, they may come back in five years as a senior VP because they love you. They trust you. And now they've got this knowledge that they couldn't have in that in your organization and they come back and now it's it's like win-wins everywhere just like win-wins everywhere amazing just treating people like people that's <laughs> revolutionary <laughs> oh man yeah so you go and you do this work with ceos and hr and stuff do you address the i don't know how to say it, it isn't bad but the bad managers like, hey, you need to get rid of these types of people or like remedial training. Like what's what's your strategy and plan for fixing just the bad bosses? Yeah, I, I mean, that's, <laughs> you know, like I, I don't get to do that. That's really on the HR and the, and the folks there at the company, but I make recommendations for people. And I think like what, what the recommendations almost always are is like, here's where you need to skill up. Here's, here's what's causing a problem. And this is a real problem and you need to address that problem. Here's some ways you can address that problem. You can, um, you can bring this in, you can help them up this training. And if that doesn't work, then you're probably going to need to look to re relocate that employee, whether that's somewhere else in the, in the company or to another, to another company altogether. Um, and so, yes, absolutely. Those, those things are addressed, whether they implement those, you know, that's, <laughs> That's, that's up to them. <laughs> sure. Would you, do you have any like super basic tips that you would throw out there for owners, operators, managers? What would you say to just a, you know, two cents of help? Yeah. I, I would, I would say that what I talked about in, in your employees, like empower your employees, like that is the biggest thing. Um, so if you're looking out for their, for their best interests, right. We're all, we're all self-interested. Like we're not selfish necessarily, but we're all self-interested. That's what all of our decisions are based on. So I have a self-interest and you have a self-interest. How can our self-interests align while we're together? 
And, and if those can align, I'm going to help you and you're going to help me. And it's a win-win. So I think like em empowering your employees and being an employee, see your employees as assets. Uh, they bring so much knowledge beyond what is just the knowledge of whatever their role is. You know, like if, if, if you have a director of IT, like th they know IT, but you know what? They know so much more. They may be a parent. They may have dealt with aging parents. They may be a community leader. They're bringing all of that. See them as an asset and, 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 and be patient, empower them and seek their best interests. And, and you know what? Let them be them. I think that's one of the hardest things, right? For, for leaders is we want to control the, the culture because we're the leader and sure. there's a lot at stake. And we realize that and this is our baby. But if you hire, if you saw somebody and you saw a talent and you're willing to hire them, let them be them, right? Let them be fully themselves and they will, they will feel respected and they will love you for it. Love that. Do you use EOS slash open book management or is that something that you also recommend to your clients or is that just totally off the radar? No, no, no. That, that's, I don't do that, but I certainly recommend that to, to folks um, when, it's, when, when I see that's, that's something that could be addressed there. Gotcha. Very cool. So Jason, what would you say would be some signs to owners that are listening? You know, being like, this makes a lot of sense, right? Like what are, what are some hot topics that'd be like, I should talk to Jason because I have these things going on. Yeah. I mean, I think if people are leaving right now, um, if, if, if you're having some turnover within your company, then you should be asking yourself what's, what's wrong here. Um, what's, what's, what's going on in our culture. I think if, um, if people are, are disgruntled, that's like, why, um, if you're having a lot of friction in your office right now, if, you know, if, if thing, if conversations just aren't working right, um, if there's lots of disagreement, like these are signs that things are not working. Right. And they will just grind and grind. It's like a, it's like a bad break on our car. It just will grind and grind and grind and grind and grind. And when we need it, it won't be working. And so, like listen for those squeaky sounds, which which we find um, people are taking a lot of sick days. Like they 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 don't want to be here. People um, are are leaving. The the people are unha unhappy when they come to work. Like okay, work is stressful, right? And sure. life is stressful. And we're we're gonna have some days that we're just grumpy, right? Yeah. But if in the interactions there's not there's not smiles and some laughs, even in a real stressful job, like oof, like you're these are signs that we need to be looking out for. If you as a, as a, as the boss, right. And I'll speak to bosses here. If you, as a leader, if you feel like there's something wrong with your employees, if you feel like your employees aren't good enough, I need better employees. Um, why do people always do this? Like, okay, that's a, that's a problem for you. Those are good internal signs. Like this is this, you need probably to kind of like reevaluate your leadership here. Um, because it's not them, right? They're trying to please you. I think employees, a lot, they, they want to please the boss. They want to do well. They want to be recognized. And if you're feeling like they can't do that, then maybe you're the problem and that you need to look introspectively at what you need to change. I love it. Yeah. I was just on a call this today, actually. And one of the other owners, agency owners, like, you know, Employees have two things they think about all the time is one, <laughs> am I getting fired? And two, do people like me? <laughs> and I think that's, yeah, yeah. I mean, 
I, I, you know, I don't want to, like, I had a, I had a, I had a German shepherd and the German shepherd. And I, I'm not, and I'm not comparing employees to, to animals. Right. But like so, so much of our, 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 our pets want to please us. Right. They, they want to please us. Our, our kids want, I have, I have three kids. They want to please me and they're trying their best to please me. They don't want to make me upset. Um, so, so, so much in life is trying to please us, but do we see it that way? Or do we see those things as a constant problem? If we're seeing those things as a constant problem and things are trying to please us, then like the problem's here, right? <laughs> so we need to address this. It's not their fault. It may be ours. Oh, that's awesome. Jason, so for everyone who's listening, like, yeah, this guy knows what he's talking about. Where can they find you? Yeah, you can check out my website. Um, it's, um, it's, it's <laughs> Village Mindset. <laughs> <Woo>! <laughs> my website's villagemindsetmodel.com. So you can check me out there. All my contact information is there. You can um, LinkedIn me. Um, I do a lot on LinkedIn, so you can find me there as well. Awesome. And just before we go today, is there anything that you wished I'd asked you or that you want to revisit before we close? Oh, man. I, I want to I say this. There's this great, there's this fantastic research that is out in Berkeley. Berkeley's doing a lot of research around compassion in the business place um, and the benefits of that. And um, there's this book called The Power Paradox. If you're a leader, go get it. And this is a research study done for 20 years at, at Berkeley. And their conclusions were this. We gain power in society by empowering other people. People rise in social leadership and company leadership in politics by empowering other people. That's how we gain trust. That's how we gain people's followership. That's why people want to be around us. They trust us and they give us their loyalty and they make us their leaders. The paradox is this, which he says, once people get to the top, they stop doing it. They think they're fine. They stop empowering people. And he says, don't stop. Now you can make more of a difference. You can gain more of a following. You can gain more influence for yourself. So this study is fantastic. And this is a win-win for us as leaders. Empower other people and you will expand your influence, expand your leadership, and expand your opportunities. I love win-wins, and this is one of the biggest win-wins, scientifically backed win-wins we can find. That's great. That's phenomenal. Awesome. Well, Jason, again, thank you so much for your time today. I appreciate it. And everyone else, thank you for listening to Subject to Change. See ya. Thank you for listening to Subject to Change. Please like, subscribe, leave a review of our podcast. And if you have any questions, if there's a business you would like to see featured on our podcast or a niche or something you want to learn about, drop us a message or an email and let us know. Be happy to, to interview someone and answer those questions. Thanks again for listening.